we try to really understand some of the approaches that they would take when attempting to breach or break into devices. And I'm sure it's the same for you when you're looking at medicines, you try to understand what type of fake ingredients do they typically use? What are the indicators that you can spot to determine hey, it might be this group that we've already seen producing a lot of counterfeits. We look at the same type of aspects in cybersecurity. There are certain indicators or artifacts that an attacker will typically leave behind, and we'll categorize those to specific groups or specific regions. Science. Science. Technology. Technology. Medicine. Medicine. Health. Health. These four things make the world go round. Without them... We couldn't exist. This is the Monday Science Podcast, a weekly show bringing you the latest research and news in science, technology, medicine, and health. Answering your questions or finding experts in the field to answer them. Your host is a pharmacist, an award-winning scientist. She leads her own research group and is the founder of King's College London Fight the Fakes. A tad bit on the qualified side. Welcome to Monday Science. Here's your host, Dr. Bahija Raimi Abraham. Hello, welcome back to Monday Science. Hope you're having a great start to the day. Thank you for listening. As always, grateful for every single person that listens to Monday Science. I had some and some messages about the sticky toffee pudding. I forgot to photo, so I'll put that um, on my Instagram on Monday, Monday the twentieth. Uh, my Instagram is at Dr. Bahija Raimi A. On to today's episode. There's a company called Living Inc. I've been in, interested in their work for a while. And they're a material sciences company and they develop ink coatings as well using algae. They transform algae cells into renewable carbon negative and safe pigments and inks. They've launched a black algae ink t-shirt with sustainable ink with volley back. Another bit of news, but this is going to tie in with the Monday Science Persons of the Week. I, I really like Ig Nobel Prizes. I think they're fantastic. Ig Nobel Prize was established in 1991 to honour the achievements that make people laugh first and then think. If you go to mondayscienceodcast.com forward slash listen and search dead duck you can uh, listen to episode eight uh, where I talk about how I got to learn about Ig Nobel Prizes and also my favorite TED talk. So today's news is a combined of science. The biology prize was given to Suzanne Schott from the University of Gothenburg with some other people as well and they won the biology prize for analyzing variations in purring, chirping, chattering, trilling, tweedling, murmuring, meowing, moaning, squeaking, hissing, yowling, howling, growling, and other modes of cat-human communication. Brilliant. The Peace Prize, which went to a team, Ethan, Becerris, and co. So they won the Peace Prize for testing the hypothesis that humans evolved beards to protect themselves from punches to the face. The Economics Prize, this was together with a team of people from France, Switzerland, Australia, Austria, Czech Republic and the UK. They won the Economics Prize for discovering that obesity of a country's politicians may be a good indicator of that country's corruption. 
more to follow. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Ron Eddings. Ron Eddings is the creative director of cybersecurity startup and Hacker Valley Studio co-host. And in the today's episode, we are talking about all things cybersecurity. Today, I have Ron Eddings on the podcast. How are you, Ron? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much for coming. I'm very excited. I feel like I'm always excited when I get to speak to people and just find out everything that they're up to and doing. I'm really excited to have you on here. Thank you for your time. Let's get straight into it. We've got many things to discuss. I'm a little bit nervous about the topic today, actually. And hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, well, you'll (laughs) let me know if people will be listening in and what might happen afterwards. But anyway, okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Ron Eddings, like you just mentioned. I am a creative director at a cybersecurity startup called Axonius. We're, we're really focused on asset management and keeping track of all of the assets and information that a big organization could have within their environment. But I'm also the host, uh, co-host of a podcast called the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, which is all about the human element of cybersecurity, really giving cybersecurity a voice. Amazing. And that's why I'm a little bit nervous because cybersecurity (laughs) scares me. It's something that I've really wanted to try and understand, but with the fear attached to it. Before we get onto our discussion, there are two questions that I've, I've been asking people this year, because as we know, we're still in the global pandemic. And a lot of people have either focused more on like their music, their passions, film or books or so forth. What's your favorite song at the moment, if you have one? Oh, man, my favorite song at the moment, that's a tough one, because I've been bouncing around to so many genres lately. I'm going to have to go with, oh, a new Drake song that I listen to at the gym all the time now. It's called Having Our Way. It's featuring Migos. Nice. I, have I heard that? My problem is I hear songs and I don't ne- tend to know what the names are. <laughs> Same here. That's why it was so hard for me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, actually, nobody ever, should ever ask me this question because I'll probably default to something like 10 years ago that I last remember. Do you have a film or a book recommendation? Yes, I'm a big Marvel fan. So <gasps> I've actually been binging the Marvel Uh, series from start to finish in chronological order. So if anyone hasn't done that, I would definitely recommend it. It's, uh, those are really good movies. And I feel like they don't make a lot of good movies these days, especially right now during the pandemic. So I would highly recommend just watching that series. Well, I am team Marvel (laughs) by the time this comes out, my review. I'm not really into DC comics, but I'm doing a review on Suicide Squad. Um, Oh, okay. Have you seen it? I seen it, but I got to be honest, I did fall asleep. (laughs) That's That's my problem with movies. (laughs) The second one you fell asleep. The first one. Oh, the first one. Yeah, that's understandable. The second one actually (laughs) was a little bit better, but I don't know whether it's because the director is the person, the same director for Guardians of the Galaxy. So Mm. it's really Marvel, not really DC. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So amazing. I strongly recommend that as well. I did that myself where I went through the all the Marvel films but in the order of the timeline right yeah I would I could go without Hulk the 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 Hulk full film that was not my favorite (laughs) we can all go without Hulk (laughs) it's just they've never been able to get it right but have you started watching any of the the other series like the Loki WandaVision or anything like that for the Marvel I have not but I'm almost to that point Oh, okay. So let's talk about cybersecurity. What is cybersecurity? 
cybersecurity is a term that is all encompassing for securing information with technology. It's almost like saying technology, what is technology? There's so many facets to it, but I think the best way to describe it is cybersecurity is the fabric and the foundation that keeps um, information, data, and identities safe in a technological mean. Wow. Okay. That's the, well, it's not changed my question a bit, but I've always wondered if cybersecurity, <laughs> no, because I, I, I guess knowing that it's sort of, it's everything. So are there different considerations depending on the different platforms? For example, cybersecurity uh, considerations, if you're using your desktop versus your phone versus your iPad. Yeah, there's so many different facets. So the way that you would secure your home, for instance, we use so many smart devices at our house. I have a, a ring doorbell that lets me know when someone rings my doorbell and also lets me know when some motion is detected. The way that you would secure that would be a lot different than the way that you would secure your email. So there are physical security controls that we can put in place. There are cloud security controls that we can put in place. And really the things that keep us safe with on online are security controls. There's security controls, there's policies and there are guidelines, but really controls are the pieces of technology that will prevent something bad from happening in technology. Interesting, and so where does hacking come in with cybersecurity? Hacking comes in from the people that are smart enough to break these controls. So if you think of a bank, right, when someone builds a bank, They'll build a bank the bank staff can use. They'll build a bank that the customers can use. They'll go to their ATM. And this is how the building is supposed to be used. But there are bank thieves that will try to go around the security controls at the bank. They'll try to camouflage themselves so they're not seen by the security cameras. They'll try to get out their stethoscope and listen to the bank safe and listen for the click, click, click until they ultimately break their way into the safe. And the safe wasn't designed to be broken into, and neither was a building. And that's the same case for technology. We build these systems so people can use them, and hackers find a way to use entrances that weren't intended and designed to be used. Because, obviously, I mean, my point of reference is like films when you see the hackers like, I'm gonna hack, <laughs> and they go in. So, are there good hackers and bad hackers, or are all hackers bad? And there are okay. good hackers. Okay, because I was about to ask you, have you ever thought about being a hacker or are you a hacker? I don't know how it works. I started my career doing offensive operations. I worked at a consulting agency called Booz Allen Hamilton, and we would consult for many government agencies, and we would try to break into networks. So there are so many ways that you can break into networks. You can do it through means like technology, but you can also do it through just speaking to people. And that is called social engineering. When you get someone to change their behavior or the things that they are likely to do by just means of talking and that could be looked at as manipulation or convincing someone to do something that they're not meant to do but i really started my career and focused on breaking in technology so i was looking at how does this piece of software work who created it what were they thinking and then try to do some research to see if there are people that have already broken into this piece of software or if this engineer has frustrations and they've reported bugs on places like there's a website called GitHub where people can share their software. And within GitHub, you can see all the bugs. So you might have some intuition 
for knowing how it's broken and then ultimately knowing how to create your own backdoor into that piece of technology. With everything that you said, where does the dark web come in? And does that relate also with cybersecurity? Is that like, what is that? Yeah, the dark web absolutely relates to cybersecurity in some senses. So you can look at the dark web as the internet, right? There are um, pieces of technology connected to each other. And that's what the dark web is. It's it's pretty much the internet on the internet. Like there is a, a way that you can access the dark web and access all of the websites or applications on the dark web. And some t on some websites on the dark web, it's like a marketplace where you can buy information. You can buy other people's data. A lot of the times when a large company or website gets hacked, they may leak all of the users and passwords on the dark web. And that is a good way to either sell information that you've already exposed and retrieved by the means of hacking or just uh, defaming a company. There's been some leaks where um, a hacker has just shared all the passwords. And a good resource for people to use to see if their passwords have ever been leaked mm -hmm. is have I been pawned? It's a have I been and pwned.com. And you type in your email address and it will let you all of the websites that have leaked your password through the form of a hacking breach. Oh no, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's a good tip. I remember there's, um, isn't there? Well, I'm sure there's several websites where you can see the number of the global cyber attacks where they've got the, <laughs> what, what is a website that we can look? I mean, I don't need to get even more anxious and paranoid about this, but those websites, are they actually, are they accurate when they're showing the different attacks that are ongoing? I am a little suspicious of like the websites that have the globe and they show like all of the places in the world that are being hacked or being attempted to be hacked into at a given time. But I do know that there are some researchers at the antivirus firm called Kaspersky and Kaspersky does have a map like that. Now, whether or not the data is actually real time and it's really showing that picture is is beyond me, but I am a little suspicious about those maps, but they, they are out there. There's uh, some really cool visualizations that companies have done, but I'm not quite sure if they're real time or not. They're scary. That's what they are. <laughs> so where I decided I'm actually, I really needed to speak to an expert such as yourself is that I watched um, the documentary, The Dissident. I don't know if you saw it on Amazon Prime. Okay. It was sometime earlier in this year. And just for the listeners. So a dissident is a person who actively challenges an establishment. So such as a political or religious system doctrine belief institute and so the dissident is it was a 2020 documentary that followed the assassination of Jamal who was believed to have been assassinated at the Saudi consulate in um, Istanbul in Turkey it's on Amazon Prime but Jamal Kogoski was a well-known Saudi dissident journalist and columnist for the Washington Post I remember when this was on the news that this person had unfortunately been well they said killed and then assassinated but the documentary went into a lot of information behind why that happened. That's where I found out about the spyware Pegasus and that Jeff Bezos's phone was hacked because a file was sent via WhatsApp by the, mm -hmm. the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Did you hear about yeah. yeah, so that freaks me out because if Jeff Bezos can have his phone hacked and I'm 
but I've only now stopped clicking on things when I just get like a random text message. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, what's that? So I want to talk a little bit about Pegasus, the software, if if we could go into that. What is it? And how how can something like that happen where somebody can just send something via WhatsApp and now their whole phone is hacked? They could listen in on his messages, on, on his phone calls, even not just his phone calls, but surround like his surroundings. Right. There's a, a term that we use in cybersecurity called a remote access tool, a RAT. And this is typically like a stage two type of implant. The first implant will just break into some vulnerability. Maybe Jeff Bezos didn't have his phone completely updated. It's the same for if you were to be sent a file on your computer, even your phone, and you were to open it. There is a possibility to where you don't have the latest updated software or the hacker has found a vulnerability within that piece of software that no one knows about. And then they take advantage of it. After they take advantage of of it, they'll have access to the system and they'll put a rat on the device that allows them to not only turn on specific features like the microphone, the camera, but it will allow them to run commands. And a command that you will want to run after you turned on the camera is upload, right? You would want to upload that file or that image to a specific destination. And the destination that is typically running these commands remotely is called a command and control server. So I'm sure Jeff Bezos and and Pegasus, the way that it worked was this command and control server, also known as a C2, was sending his phone commands, instructing it to do certain things. And then after it performed that action, it would send the response back to the command and control server. That's how most malware works. If you were to be hacked, that's likely what would happen. Hello, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to let you know that every Friday, we run a quiz on the latest Monday Science episode on our Instagram at Monday Science. Those with the correct answer will get a special mention, and in the coming months, we will have giveaway prizes. So make sure you stay tuned. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Right. Now I'm going to stop people forwarding me things on WhatsApp, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Whatever it's, could a picture be used? So when somebody forwards stuff on WhatsApp, you can see I'm plotting how I'm going to be deleting people off my phone. (laughs) But when they, when they send you a photo, could that photo carry a virus in it? Or everything that (gasps) is sent through transmitted to your device one way or another can be exploitable, meaning that someone can break into your device. It can be a text message. It can be a picture, it can be a video. And recently, I want to say back in 2018, there was a brilliant hacker. Luckily, he was a good hacker. He was being paid to do research, but he found a vulnerability within closed captioning on all software. Every piece of software was using a common closed captioning kind of application. And all of these applications, including Netflix, There was this very popular software that I'm sure everyone has used called QuickTime that's built into your Mac. All of these pieces of software were vulnerable and it all came from closed captioning. So um, there have been many instances where people have sent even an invisible piece of information, like just a ping to your device, seeing if it's online that has exploited devices out there on the internet. Wow, that is actually quite spooky. 
Now I'm thinking I need to turn <laughs> off AirDrop on my phone. Sorry, I'm actually, I'm so tempted. To, I'm like, let me do that now as we're speaking. When you have your, your laptop and you've got the webcam cover, that's pointless really, because they may not be able to see you, but they could hear you if your laptop is hacked. Is that right? That is true. That is right. And there's no like light that turns on when your computer is actively recording. Luckily for iPhone users, like now there's that little green light that lets that if something's going on, if there's some transmission or recording being sent. But one of the things that hackers also do to kind of cover their tracks, like let's say you were to identify that this uh, light is turned on or someone is listening to your, they can also send secret information through images. And that's called steganography. When someone hides something within an image, and that's a good way to get information out of a device because it's kind of nondescript. It's it's harmless to send a picture, but that that picture could actually contain extra information that is just invisible when someone opens up the, the actual image of that file. Okay, so I need to not have a phone anymore. I feel like <laughs> I'm just going to move up to the mountains and be away from technology. Exactly. But interesting. So one aspect of my research is I look at the influence and the impact of fake medicines. And there's this big issue in that the counterfeiters, so those who are making medicines that with fake ingredients or substandard ingredients, there's this whole issue of trying to get one step ahead of them. And so their tech approaches, which is also that's a running thing with the podcast. I'm very interested in tech to try and understand for my own interest and seeing how it could have a positive impact in um, the fight against fake medicines. It always seems like the counterfeiters are one step ahead. They always have somebody who's able to hack the system better. And so you have an industry they are developing all these techniques, but then at the same space, the hackers are coming in. So it's very interesting, interesting and scary. How do you make sure you don't get scared? I mean, I'm very anxious right now. How do you not get scared about it? Or are you? Oh, in cybersecurity, we try to look at the tactics, techniques, and procedures of our adversaries. We try to really understand some of the approaches that they would take when attempting to breach or break into devices. And I'm sure it's the same for you when you're looking at medicines. You try to understand what type of fake ingredients do they typically use? What are the indicators that you can spot to determine, hey, it might be this group that we've already seen producing a lot of counterfeits. We look at the same type of aspects in cybersecurity. There are certain indicators or artifacts that an attacker will typically leave behind and we'll categorize those to specific groups or specific regions. Maybe Russian hacker will attempt to change a file in a specific type of way or clean up their logs in a specific type of way to not make a mess and not leave a trace. These can all be like used as references for who might be behind the attack. We've talked about cyber attacks. Are there any particular industries that are more at risk of cyber attacks? It really comes down to the motives of the attacker and the hacker. What it really always comes down to is what makes the world go round. And that is oftentimes money. So really, the industries that have a lot of money, the financial institutions, health services, insurance these are a big target for hackers they they want to extract the resources but one new thing that has been really becoming more and more popular is crypto mining so we are all familiar in one way or another with bitcoin and cryptocurrencies well the way that traditionally received bitcoin was by mining it 
And that was by using your computer to perform computation. And the more computation that you performed, the more Bitcoin that you got. So the attackers have gotten wise and said, hmm, if we break into a large organization, instead of stealing their money, we could just have them mine our cryptocurrency and make the money that way. And if they never find it, then really no one gets hurt. Like we just have them mine our cryptocurrency and keep it moving. And there's also a new industry, which is a multi-billion dollar industry, which is ransomware. And ransomware is something that we see on the news a lot, see in our industry a lot. And this is when an attacker breaks into an organization and encrypts all of their files. And after they encrypt all their files, they put a message on their screen saying, hey, if you want these files back, you have to pay us a ransom. And if you don't pay the ransom in a specific amount of time, we'll either leak all these files and information to the public or completely erase them. And this can shut a business completely completely down because if they don't have their data, they don't have their, their customer information, that's devastating. And even worse, if all of your credit card information for your customer gets leaked, that loses all of the trust of your customers. If their credit card, social security, or really any of their sensitive information that they don't want others to know gets leaked, it's, it's devastating. It's interesting because even with like PayPal, random segue, but PayPal had issues with lots of hacking, not well, maybe not hacking, but just security breaches and things like that. I'm surprised people still use it. I'm, I've, I'm quite paranoid about PayPal, so I'm like <laughs> confessing all my paranoias onto you. So with that being said then, have there been so obviously we're in a global pandemic here we are still here it's not ended we're just <laughs> in the middle of it how has COVID-19 impacted cybersecurity and, and all of this and are there things that have happened but just haven't had a lot of visibility it has changed mm. everything COVID cybersecurity there is a wealth of opportunity for organizations through digital transformation taking their typical on-premise technology and putting it in the cloud. As you put more applications in the cloud, as you use more connected software like Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts, all of the things that we use pretty much today, even Instagram, I'm, I'm sure we're all on that uh, a lot more these days. But now that we're such a cloud first society, it, it really demands for more cybersecurity in the cloud and more cybersecurity just all in general but it has also given the hackers a leg up. They know that people are attached to their phone, they're attached to their laptop. So what they are doing is they're scaling their efforts. They're sending people more and more fake texts, fake emails, and also even fake websites. There's this, there's this tactic called sinkholing and, and also domain spoofing. And what that really does is, for example, a website like zoom.us, instead of the attacker trying to hack into Zoom, they'll try to like register the, the domain Zoom with an extra Z. Sometimes people accidentally type in Zoom with an extra Z into their, into their browser and an attacker might control that website. They'll make it look exactly like Zoom and you'll try to log in. They'll even let you log in. And, but in the background, they'll secretly steal your credentials. And then at that point, now they can try that with other websites that you might've used the same password for. And it's really the same for banking also. We now are going to the bank less 
money is dirty during the global pandemic. We don't want to touch it. So we're, we are starting to use our plastic and our online banking a lot more. So there's a lot more opportunity for the attacker. I mean, I'm sure uh, a lot of your listeners, at least some of them are working from home. And that's a great opportunity for someone to just completely compromise everything. We are doing everything from a single laptop. And if you get into the laptop, then you have the keys to the kingdom. Luckily, one of the saving graces that we, we all should be using is multi-factor authentication. Using your oh. phone to receive a text after you attempt to log into a website or using the Google Authenticator app, which is really the best route to go down because those will generate random codes every uh, minute or so. These are really great tips. Once we finish our conversation, <laughs> I'm going to play this back and be like, right, good idea. <laughs> I, I've had an experience. I honestly feel that this is just me confessing all the things that have happened to me where I clearly have been hacked. <laughs> but I had an experience once where I got an email. When you're talking about the increased flow of emails, one of my accounts, actually, I'm getting so many emails every day. I probably get about 20 spam emails. And you can see it's almost like the increased attempt. I have nothing. Please, if you're listening, I have nothing. Do not try. But I remember <laughs> once I got an email from, so here in the UK, we have our, like our tax gets taken out of the monthly salary and whatnot. But then when they do the calculation, you could be owed some money. You could get like, what's it a called? Refund? A, pay, a refund, a payout. I remember I received an email and it said, oh, yeah, you've it's from HMRC, blah, blah, blah. So I just looked at it and I, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And it said I was due, owed maybe like 500 pounds. I was like, yes, please. And I, did, I didn't even compute that the tax office don't have my email address. <laughs> not, but I was just like, 500 pounds, thanks. And I clicked on it. And I remember that when I clicked on it, it's only because I realized the address, but the, the interface looked exactly like the HMRC, the tax office. And I filled in my bank details. Yes, I went that far. And then it wasn't until I just had clicked send. And then I saw that the website was a whole load of letters and numbers. Mm -hmm. And then the last part was HMRC dot whatever. So it seems like that link took to this fake address. But because you, you don't tend to mere mortals like me we don't tend to check the email address you just look at the interface it looks real blah blah, blah. and I, I was so scared but I changed all my details I just want to talk about your podcast you are the co-host of Hacker Valley Studio how did you get that name that name came from a bad decision turn good <laughs> so when we first started podcasting I was actually creating YouTube videos and I didn't really know I was a podcaster before that and luckily I met my co-host, Chris, he moved to California. And before he fully moved to California, his wife was pregnant and he had some kids in school back in Atlanta. And I was building these YouTube videos and I had it under the channel name called secdevops.ai. Wow. So esoteric, no one would ever find that. Not at all. And we, we began <laughs> podcasting under, the, under that name. Him and a few of my other mentors said, we absolutely have to change the name of SecDevOps.ai. So we put our heads together. And what we really thought we encompass is a podcast, which is the studio part. We met in Silicon Valley and we are really hackers at heart. So we combined the three to Hacker Valley Studio. I was worried to ask you the question of if you're a hacker. Now I know. <laughs> That's really cool. And so how do you find podcasting? How is it for you? 
It's great. It's been so transformative for me to talk with guests. I learn a lot about the guests. I also learn a lot about myself through their stories. It's almost like sometimes when you're speaking to someone, you're actually uh, looking in the mirror. Their, their stories are a reflection of the things that you have gone through in life. And we really try to highlight the human element of cybersecurity. So we go beyond the bits and bytes and we talk about what makes people in and outside of cybersecurity great. So all of these interactions with our guests have been phenomenal, but we've also had the opportunity to be blessed by digital transformation. A lot more people are listening to podcasts, a lot more people have podcasts. And what we've found is the more that we help other podcasts, the stronger that we make this industry. So we've been really doubling down on having crossovers between our podcasts and people that are even outside of cybersecurity. We've talked prior to this two three conversations I can't remember how many conversations we've had you've given me so much insight and advice and motivation because I don't have I don't have many podcaster friends I have no podcaster friends <laughs> and for me my my journey has got me to a point where I'm doing something that I absolutely love that I never thought would give me such joy so then to meet someone such as yourself who's doing so well with your um, podcast and then you're so willing to offer advice I am very grateful and looking forward to working with you and Chris more over the, over time that's right and we're looking forward to having you on the podcast yes. so I can't wait for that I'm very excited maybe we could just talk all about Marvel I'm not gonna lie <laughs> no, I'm, um, no, I'm very much looking forward to it. it's gonna be great we've talked about the highs of podcasting what about the lows what, you, what would you say was has been a low for you with podcasting and how did you recover from that well podcasting and really any endeavor is a skill and also habits and when you're building new skills it hurts <laughs> learning new things hurts changing the way that you behave and the way that you act is difficult so i, I want to say like one of the things that was a struggle was being consistent, making sure that we release an episode every week without fail and, and understanding what are the things that we can do to support each other when we, we hit those lows. One of the things that I was doing when we first started the podcasting was all of the editing. And for anyone that's interested in being a podcaster, definitely look at this software called Descript because it allows you to edit your podcast via the transcript. So instead of looking at sound waves and trying to get everything just right, the audio levels and removing the ahs and the ums, we found easier software and that gave us life. It gave us energy, but also the support that we give each other. We were at first meeting ad hoc, like once every week, few times a week. And now we meet every day. We focus on our craft. We want to focus on our message. So the best way to do that is by practicing every day. If you wanted to get more into the gym or more into practicing meditation, the best thing that you can do is just do it every day and build that habit. Inspired totally inspired and Descript, my goodness, that is a lifesaver. <laughs> you shared that with me and I was like, oh, okay. I looked it up. I, I edited a couple of episodes with it. I nearly cried. It was so magical. You <laughs> me too. <laughs> identifies all the arms and R's and then you click it and then you can just press delete and they've all gone. Wow. Boom. Boom, indeed. Is there anything exciting you'd like to share um, with us about the podcast, any events or stuff that you've got coming up we can promote? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few seasons that have already come out. They are called Hacker Valley Blue and Hacker Valley Red. And this is where we really get into the details of 
the attack and the defense. But we also have a season called We Are Here, which explores diversity and inclusion. When I first started podcasting and even cybersecurity, there weren't a lot of African-Americans. There weren't a lot of Black people. And the more you see it, the more you believe you can be it. So we are trying to preach that. We have a new season of We Are Coming, We Are Here coming out in October. So you can be on the lookout for that. But we are constantly pushing out podcast episodes every week. So really just checking out the podcast would lead you to all of these seasons and, and new events. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for taking time to come and speak with us today um, and for sharing all your insights from cybersecurity to podcasting to life advice. It's been brilliant. And so before I let you go, giving us some your take-home messages, your concluding comments. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I always like to say to myself is I'm a lifelong learner and teacher. Life is a positive sum game where we can all win. It's not zero sum. There's always something for everyone to take and benefit from. And really the pursuit of knowledge, it always leads to something. So the more that you learn, the more that you can really go down whatever it is that your passion is, like lifelong learning and teaching, or just being great at being a pharmacist like you are today. So that is my two cents and what I'd like everyone to take, take home with them. You've been listening to the Monday Science Podcast, a weekly show bringing you the latest research and news in science, technology, medicine, and health. We hope you've gotten some useful and thought-provoking info from the show, and we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on our website at www.mondaysciencepodcast.com. Shoot us an email at info at mondaysciencepodcast.com. Find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Monday Science. And access episode summaries at mondayscience.medium.com. See you next week on the Monday Science Podcast.